So identity theft is the fastest growing crime right now in the country. And synthetic identity is child identity theft is the fastest of that segment. So it's crazy. And it happens very easily. So a, a, a criminal just basically gets a real social security number of a kid with a fake name and a fake date of birth. They apply for a credit card, comes back. You know, the credit bureau's like, we have no association with this name and social security number. So the bank says, no, sorry, you don't qualify. So then a couple weeks later, they go and they do the same thing again with the same information. Goes off to the credit bureau and the credit bureau reports back to the bank saying, we don't have any credit history here, but we do see that a credit file was started, you know, a few weeks ago or whenever. So, you know, the bank will say, we'll give you a small maximum, like a $300 a month maximum. Boom, off to the races. That social security number is now associated with this fake name and this fake date of birth. And that person can build on it for years and years and years, get a job, they can, and then just dump it one day. Then the poor kid, maybe he's 18, gonna apply for college, and that's when the mess gets unraveled. And that's unfortunate. Life is gonna give you challenges, struggles. It's gonna force you to face your fears. Even though these may feel like your worst enemy, in truth, these are actually your greatest allies. My name is Lance Isios. Welcome to the University of Adversity. Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. If you guys are brand new here, welcome. If you're a regular listener, welcome back. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button. Stay on top of the episodes. They come out Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Today's episode, I have a guest by the name of Dana Mantilia. Hope I said it right. I think I did. She is an expert in identity protection and planning for your family, your business, all that stuff. As you guys know, there's a lot of people doing a lot of dodgy things nowadays and stealing people's information compromising people's accounts, all that kind of stuff. And I don't think we have the conversation enough about what you can do to improve your situation so that doesn't happen to you. We unpack all that right to start to finish. There's tons of gold in here that you're going to want to hear. And I suggest getting a notepad and writing stuff down because there's a lot of stuff that I highly recommend that you apply in your life. And I'm going to as well. Sometimes with this kind of stuff, it's it feels like more effort, but I'm telling you it's worth it. Somebody like me who had my Instagram account hacked and couldn't get it back. Now I will always go through the extra steps to stay secure. So we're going to get into all that. She gives you the top three tips that you can do to walk away with today and implement into your life and a whole bunch of other stuff. We also talk about video and content creation because she is absolutely killing it on LinkedIn. So guys, enjoy this episode. Dana Mantilia coming right up. And we are on. Dana, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. <laughs> it's a um, crazy time to be alive. Lots happening uh, <laughs> in the last few months, obviously. And it's, it's just put us in such a unique place right now. So where I've lately, where I'd like to kick off some of these conversations, just to kind of get things going, is if you could speak to yourself January 1st, 2020, with what you know now, what would you say? Whoa, that's a really, really loaded question because <laughs> that applies to so many facets of your life. I mean, I think about, you know, how much more time I've spent with my kids, you yeah. know, that I never, never did before because I work all the time and they're going to school all the time doing whatever they do. And then we were all just stuck together, but it was nice. And then as far as business goes, I mean, we really had to, some of my businesses, we had to try to cut every expense we possibly could. And I think looking back in hindsight, as we're kind of gearing back up, 
that maybe we didn't need some of those expenses even before we just had them for so long that we thought we had to have them. And so I would definitely say that. And I also think it was a good time for everybody to really look inside ourselves and say, am I doing what I want to do? You know, is, is what I'm getting up every morning and, you know, going to work and doing the same thing, is that what I really want to do? And by us being at home, it gave you time just to sit and reflect. And I think a lot of people did that. So that'll be some good stuff that'll come out of this. And I think, you know, I, my passion is, is my videos. I love doing that. It's my big, it's my hobby and my passion. So it's easy for me to do them. So I would say I probably would say I need to get more, even more into that. Yeah. Which I'm sure everybody's just dying to hear, right? Well, <laughs> more it, videos. <laughs> it was the perfect time as well. I mean, it's, it's almost like if you weren't doing videos during that time or some sort of content, it's like such a waste because so many people are just glued to their phones or computers. Mm-hmm. And yeah. for all of you guys listening, Dana's like an expert at her videos on LinkedIn and she's just dominating and she's doing what I really like about the videos that you do is a lot of people forget that it's entertaining too. You want to teach and entertain and educate at the same time and inspire people. So I think you've done a really good job with that. How did you start out doing all that in the first place? Well, it's funny that you say that because obviously with my product in my world being identity theft protection, that's yeah. a very serious, serious business, right? Not yeah. a lot of goofy stuff going on there. Mm-hmm. And so when I wanted to do the videos initially, I thought, well, I need to do these very serious videos because no one's going to take me seriously or the product seriously if it's this crazy lady doing these goofball things. <laughs> so I started the videos and I really was, not, that was not my thing was doing videos. But what I realized is that there needs to be a lot more education in the identity theft protection world that we're still really kind of in the infancy as much as we're all aware that there's identity theft going on out there I don't really think people are as aware of all the different ways that it can be happening so Mm. the video started kind of you know taking off it did take a while though I I won't lie I mean when I finally got the nerve up to post my first video I posted it and I sat there and I got no likes and no comments and no no nothing I was like okay Hmm. well, we got to just keep going. And then that's what happens. And, but it's intimidating when, you know, you you put your video out there and you're thinking nobody really even liked it, you know? So why am I doing this? They're probably laughing at me and they're not, they're just, it just takes a while for someone to get to used to seeing you in the feed. That's what I think it is. Mm. Yeah. And there's like, there's a certain amount of self-talk that we have and anybody that's, it's feel, I feel like everybody's really, we're going to have to, if not now, they will. You have to develop that online presence, right? You, you have to be able to show that side. And that's a whole other level of getting comfortable with the uncomfortable because most of us don't really enjoy because it's, it, it's, you're putting yourself out there, you know, and it's, it's a very vulnerable feeling, especially for beginners that are afraid that they think, oh, nobody cares about this right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And I do think this LinkedIn is a good place to start though, because for the most part, you know, the way the algorithm works is that LinkedIn is just going to show your video to your first connections. So yeah. typically speaking, your first connections are always going to be nice. They're not going to say anything that's going to be too rough because they're your first connections, right? And then even once it gets a little bit bigger, they start sharing it with your second connections. You know, those are like, like well, well, they're a connection of one of my connections, so I don't really want to say anything. It's not until you get into, you know, the third level connections where it's like the gloves are off and they're like, I'm going to tell you what I think about you. Where yeah. in the Facebook world, you know, because you're going out there and 
if you're doing an ad out there, it's going to anybody and they just, they just say what they want to say. So LinkedIn is a nice little safe area to start with the videos. Yeah, I agree. Let's come back to this part though. I want to kind of take it back and sort of hear a little bit about your story and how did you sort of walk us through the journey of how you got into, you know, all of this identity protection and maybe the process along the way that how you got into that? Well, okay, going back in time. So I have been in the car business my entire life. My family owned a Ford dealership forever. So I ran that. I still do oversee the operations there. Then in about 2014, wanted to open up an insurance agency so we could offer insurance to the, you know, our clients here. Then um, expanded into a little more of the insurance, but then wanted to offer identity theft protection and really couldn't find a product that would work with, with our platform because everything was direct to consumer. You know, you hop online and you, you buy it direct to consumer. So we came up with a product that is, an idea, is a credit monitoring, insurance, restoration center, all that kind of stuff that we could offer our clients. And after that, we took uh, the platform and made sure it was very user-friendly for uh, financial advisors or insurance agents or anybody who has an audience of people that they wanted to then offer identity theft protection. They would get a co-branded website and then they can just direct their clients there. So there's two different ways. So that's how I started getting into it. Um, and then I really realized that people don't, don't really know about much of this stuff. And how I even first started was my brother was applying for a health savings account and he got denied. And so he was like, why are you doing it? Like, well, nobody could tell him why he was denied getting this health savings account. And he had to dig and dig and dig and dig. And it turned out that his name somehow got on the terrorist watch list. And what? so he had, yeah, it was crazy. So then he had to sign up and get all that, go through all that stuff. So he's a little bit of a, of a paranoid person now, but he's got, you know, his monitoring in place and everything. So I was a little fascinated by that. I was like, wow, this is crazy. So then I started Googling around and taking a couple of courses on it. And I, I just really, am, I love it. I love learning about it and, um, and helping other people learn about it. So that's kind of how the whole thing got started. And like I said, I didn't intend to, to do videos. I just thought, well, let me do a little bit of a video to kind of get a little idea out there. And then I thought that was going to be the end of it. And it's just, luckily, it's, it's people have been receptive to me for what my biggest fear was that, you know, they were going to think I was a goofball. I think people, you know, when I hop on the phone with somebody, they feel like they know me already. They're yeah. like, oh, hey, Dana, what's going on? You know, so it's, it, that's been very nice. That's what I felt like with you already too. I'm like, oh, I've seen her around. It's like I've watched <laughs> like you just you have your you'll you'll have like the dress up a little bit sometimes. And I, I think it's so important. And just the psychological part of learning. People just people will pay it people won't pay attention if it's boring. The context, like you may be talking about things that aren't like necessarily the most exciting things, mm -hmm. but the way you deliver it people are entertained. And I think that's a really good lesson for people in general at really taking what you have and teaching it in a way that's just not blah and, mm -hmm. and figuring out like, how can you shine while teaching something mm -hmm. that may be kind of dull if somebody else teaches it, right? It's really mm -hmm. interesting. Well, it's funny because I've had people say, oh, you're so lucky you, you have such a fun topic that you can deal with. And I say, what is there something fun about identity theft? But my whole thought process was if I could take one little tip, right? And this is a problem too. These IT guys, they talk in this language that nobody can even understand. So I try to digest it, break it down so then we can tell regular people so that they'll understand. And my thing was I wanted it to be one quick point 
and very short and to the point, and it had to have a little bit of humor. So it would kind of keep people's attention. Cause like you just said, if, if I was just sitting there saying, well, today we're going to talk about identity theft protection, everybody would be like, oh, what? They just yeah. scroll right by. Like the majority of the stuff on LinkedIn. Yeah. A little bit. There's a little bit of dry stuff. on. Like there's a lot, <laughs> there's a lot. And mm-hmm. it's, it's really, I, I like getting and seeing the entertainment because we all want to be entertained <laughs> at some point. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to dive into identity theft and protection because I recently had my Instagram account hacked. I know that this may be different than what you deal with, but it's interesting for me because I really was a kind of person where I just, nobody, I'm not, I don't steal from people. So I, I just trust. Mm-hmm. And, you know, having that taken from me after putting a lot of work really hurt. And I didn't have the step set up the security. It was one of those things I've just always been like, ah, uh, it's all right. And then mm-hmm. it happened to me. So now, you know, my team were a lot more aware and just, just realizing like people can really get in and find, grab stuff and find out stuff. And it's really scary at the same time. So yeah, yeah. yeah sorry. What do you, yeah. No, no, no. I was just going to say that. And you know what it is? I always talk about data breaches and we hear data breach every day. We're like numb to it. And yeah. it's a big deal, a data breach. And I used to use the little the example. So Grubhub, Grubhub, the little food delivery, they had a data breach. Oh, what's the big deal? Just a food delivery company. So it was email address or username and your password. Well, the thing is, most of us use the same email when we log into Facebook or our bank account or our checking account or, or our credit card account, and we all use the same password because it's a lot easier to remember than different ones. So now by having that thing that they got from Grubhub, email, username, and then a password, they can try to go and log into anything. And then like, for example, unfortunately with your Instagram account, the first thing they'll do is change the password. So now it's not your account anymore. And now it's their account. Yeah. And I, there even one even worse is that if you haven't implemented two-factor authentication, which nobody wants to do because it's a pain in the butt and it takes a little extra step when you're getting into your accounts, that person gets in there, they change the password and they put in the two-factor authentication. Now you're calling, searching around for the phone number to Instagram. Who do I even call? You finally call somebody. Now you have to prove it was your account and not, not theirs because they're the one that has a two-factor authentication. That's exactly what happened. And getting a hold of Instagram was yeah. the, the biggest joke I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. Like I, I flagged the account. Like we've actually had found it and then flagged it, flagged it. And it's like, it's crazy to think like, wow, okay, well, if I lose it, I can just get it back. You know, no problem. But that's not the case. Unless you're verified, it's like you're kind of lost in the, in the gray zone. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. That's true. I did a couple of videos on someone getting into your LinkedIn account and doing that and they're posting all kinds of crazy stuff and everybody thinks it's you that's posting it and it's not. Wow. Where do you see out of, out of so far doing all this and, and obviously connecting with different people in businesses and entrepreneurs, where do you see the biggest thing that, that entrepreneurs are failing at with keeping identity or anything to do with that conversation? Like where do you see entrepreneurs that they could tighten up a little bit more, mostly? Well, if it's entrepreneurs and they have business with other employees, I think one of the biggest things is getting the conversation going about cybersecurity and having some kind of plan in place because most small businesses have no plan. They, they haven't even thought of if some, somebody ever got into their system and was able to get access to their uh, customer data. They, what do they do? You know, who do you call? What do you do? And how do you train your people beforehand? Because most of the ways that how that's happening is they're getting in through 
um, phishing emails. And these phishing emails look really good these days. It's not like back in the day with the Nigerian prince with the text saying, oh, hello, send me some money. That's not what they are anymore. They, they look like they're from Amazon or UPS or FedEx and it's a delivery and maybe especially nowadays, everybody's delivering everything, having everything delivered to their house. You're like, oh, I'm getting a package. FedEx is just reminding me. So you click on it and then you know, it downloads bad things onto your computer. And then another thing that happens is spear phishing. An example of this was Barbara Corcoran from Shark Tank. Um, she was doing business with these hotels they were building over in Germany. And so her office manager had been communicating with this, these people all the time. So one of these cyber criminals basically sat inside the email, watched the way that they communicated, and then created a fake invoice that looked just like the other invoices and sent it. And it was $400,000. And the um, office manager paid it. And then she went to go tell Barbara's assistant. And Barbara's assistant was like, what are you talking about? We didn't have that for furniture. So it turned out that they had made an email address that was off by one letter and the IP address was from China. Whoa. So good luck getting that. Mm -hmm. So that's what they do too, is to make sure, tell your employees if you're ever gonna wire money to somebody, always double check by calling somebody on the phone or walking over to their office and say, are we supposed to be sending this? Because they, they get very good. And they know you're busy, so you're just, okay, let me send that out there, let me do this. So I would say that that would be, that would be the biggest thing, is getting some kind of plan and starting the talk about cybersecurity. What about like surveillance on your phones and webcams and all that? Like, is that actually like, what is happening there? Like, are we <laughs> like, cause I've heard this and I've, I, I think I've maybe even saw you talk about it. I've heard this somewhere and this has always bothered me. Should we be covering our webcams? Should we like, you know, what is happening there? Are people watching us? I know it may seem like a dumb question, but I think it's an obvious no, question. No, they definitely are. So this, so this is, this is Denny, right? So yeah. he's our little mascot and right. he's, he's a webcam cover. And he's our, um, like I said, he's our mascot for Identron. So people decorate him and then they take pictures of it. They send it in and we put it on our social media and we have a map where the world is Denny. So it's kind of funny. Of um, yeah, if you want a Denny, I'll send you one and you can decorate him. But uh, yeah, they definitely are peeking through your webcam. And you know, this is my new conspiracy theory is the listening. I know they're listening. I don't know who they are, but someone is listening on these phones because here's a perfect example. You know, you're talking about something and all of a sudden the next day it pops up in one of your feeds. So that happened to me a bunch of times before and I thought, well, maybe I was actually like typing it or something like that. But last weekend we had friends over and they were talking about building a pond pool. You know what a pond pool is? It's like a swimming pool, yeah. but it looks like a pond. Not something I would ever be interested in, but they were. So we were talking about it. Obviously, our, all of our phones were around. And the next day, sure enough, I'm scrolling through my feed, and guess what's popping up? Options as opposed to a swimming pool, the pond pool. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. So, you know, I deal with a lot of marketing companies. Yo, do you want us to send out postcards? Do you want us to do SEO for you? You know, want to do pay-per-click advertising? What do you want to do? I've never had anybody call me up and say, hey, you know what we do? We listen on the phones and then we'll sell you the, the, the data of the people, whatever product you're selling. So I don't know who it is that's listening, but somebody's listening. Yeah. And it's really <laughs> crazy the data that can be collected. You know, when I used to do Facebook ads, you know, I didn't really understand really the magnitude of it until I thought about it. I thought I can really pinpoint exactly <laughs> like how much somebody makes. Mm -hmm. what they do it's and when you're marketing at that time this was like in 2017 it was like a dream because you could get cheap leads mm -hmm. but then you realize you're like wait a minute that's pretty bizarre like, how is that even a thing mm -hmm. like how yeah. 
And, and how deep does it go down the rabbit hole for that? Mm-hmm. Well, I always say dogs and diamonds are our best friends, but data is our most valuable asset. That's what it is. And, you know, every, every free platform that we're on, you know, nothing is free. So we're, we're allowed to use it and they're allowed to gather all of our data. So, you know, sometimes we don't even really realize how much personal data that we're, we're giving away on Facebook and other social media. Never mind what the kids are giving away because they have just no filter whatsoever on there. So. Oh, man. So do you recommend having all your passwords in like one of those apps? Like, what is it, LastPass? Or like, what do you recommend as far as, because when you, like the reality is with social media and taking care of clients, people are using other people's social media, people are doing different things, posting. You know, what's, what's the smartest solution for that to keep everything safe? Well, definitely when there's multiple people utilizing the same passwords, and I know what you mean, you're having different people logging in and doing different things, is getting one of those password managers. So it's basically like a group one. Everybody has their own master login to that, yeah. and then their shared passwords. And then if you want to take somebody, cut somebody out, whoever is the admin of it, and eliminate that person or add people, you know, so that's definitely, I would say, the safest way to, to go about doing that. Obviously, only with people that you trust, you're going to give your information um, to. But yeah, those are definitely a good idea because, you know, like, for example, Keeper. When you enter and go into Keeper and it scans your whole device for all of your passwords, which you can't even believe how many are stored that you don't even think are stored, but they are. And then it will tell you if they've been involved in a data breach, which I think is pretty cool, right? It says right there, this big red red line. That's not good. Change that password. So you're like, okay, I better change that password. And um, it can suggest ones, you know, some of those crazy like XYZ, 12 of the, and, or you can put yours in and then it'll tell you whether or not how strong it is. So that's a good thing, but that's also intimidating to some people that aren't used to using one because there is, it's a learning curve. You know, you got to download the software and then it stays on your device. You want one that's staying on your device, not sending all your passwords somewhere else. I mean, most of of them are encrypted, so there really isn't that big of a um, risk unless someone can get your master password. So you want to keep that very close, you know, at Mm -hmm. hand. And um, so I would say that would be the best thing. And if not, come up with some method that you're using different passwords for different accounts. And the other thing is, is that, you know, half of the equation of getting into somebody's account is is the email address. And some of us have been using the same email address forever and ever and ever. We've given it to every 18 year old store clerk that's ever asked for it. So get a new email address that you use for maybe your banking accounts or your social media accounts. And then that way you're kind of at least, you know, segmenting that if somebody, if this old haggard email address that you have has already been involved in a data breach, that at least people can't get into these other accounts, even if they use the same password because it's a different email. So many things to think about. It makes me just want to get off social media and computers altogether sometimes. Like that's mm-hmm. it. I don't want to participate anymore. I know. Take me out of here. Like it's, it's really, we indirectly were forced into this situation. I don't think we, any, anybody can really remember when all of a sudden it just became, like there was a time where, your phone was just to call people, right? Like the odd text that would take you 10 minutes to do, you know, and Facebook was separate. (laughs) You had to go to the app, the separate, everything had its own thing. Mm -hmm. And now it's like, you're just on your phone all the time and everything is going through there. And it's like, it's such a bizarre, such Mm -hmm. a thing that videos, pictures, emails, like all this weird data that we can't see all these, like these, you know, electromagnetic fields going out everywhere. Where are they going? Like, how are Mm -hmm. they, 
Mm-hmm. Who's, who's collecting all this stuff? <laughs> I don't know, but I'm going to think of where these uh, phones are made too. Um, I also think another good idea is for everybody to go into their phones and look at the settings. And then this is a little scary thing to say, where, what apps have access to your microphone, your camera, your contacts, your photos? It's astonishing. And you're saying to yourself, why do some of these apps need, need access to these things? They have nothing to do with that. But you know what happens when you go to sign up for the app. You just want the app, so it doesn't matter. You're just clicking, clicking, clicking. Okay, 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 okay. When do, when do I get to you know, download it onto my phone? Yeah. So that's another thing. And some of them you can turn off, you know, I mean, TikTok, TikTok is like one of the worst things in the entire world right now. And every kid has it. So every ounce of every bit of anything that's going on there. I mean, I can't even imagine the facial recognition that they have for every single, you know, kid that's out there dancing around or doing whatever. And now, you know, the adults are on TikTok too, but uh, that's, that's not really a good one. But. Yeah. Well, I, it's funny. I was just going to bring that up. What are your thoughts on TikTok in, in general? Like I haven't really been on there. But it's really creepy that you can just save people's videos and weird, like it's just a weird thing. And I don't really understand it, but it's just Gary Vee pushed it so much. TikTok, TikTok. And, and it's like, okay, I think it's a great tool as far as like building a new organic audience. But now they're wanting to completely ban it, right? Well, and it's also, you know, some of the young kids, what they're posting on there, they're posting some really inappropriate things. I mean, there's tons of young girls that are maybe 15 that look like they're, you know, 18 or 19. And they're, you know, basically have like a stripper pole in their room and they got the lights all dim with the purple lights in the background and they're dancing around. And um, it's, it's, it's a little bit startling. I bet there's a lot of parents out there that have no idea that this is going on upstairs in their teenager's room. Yeah, that's crazy. Like... What do you think about them shutting it down? Like, what are your thoughts? Like, I, I mean, there's well, no- I mean, it's basically every single everyone has to just think every single thing that's going on on TikTok is being you know kept and held by a, the company, the Chinese-owned company. So, what are they doing with that? And you say, well, it's just kids dancing around, you know. But I mean, I think the facial recognition thing inevitably is coming down the pike. And they they were once they they would make bobbleheads for you. You if you did you know the whole thing facial recognition and send it up there. They'll make you a bobblehead. Well, that's exactly what they're going to be able to do to get into, you know, people's devices. If we'll go to, you know, facial recognition. So that's just a theory I have. I may be completely off on that, but I just, you know, there's a reason why this app was developed. And um, the problem is it's how are you going to get kids off TikTok right now? You know, I mean, you could say, we're going to tell them no, don't go on TikTok, you know, but they're not going to listen. Yeah. It's, it's almost like, it's almost like the acceptance of, losing your privacy like it's it's weird because it we're not really choosing that but we're being directed that way it's 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 crazy mm-hmm. like we we literally have to accept like if we want to play in the online world that that's the case for a lot of these these things mm-hmm. and, you know not that most people don't have things to hide, but it's just the fact that it's just nobody's business. Like, why do you need that stuff? Like, how is that mm-hmm. going? Like, you know, what is being developed? You know, right. around, like, why do we need, why do they need our facial recognition? Why is that necessary for your phone? I always thought it was bizarre. Like it's, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. And then in the phones, the thing is we're addicted to our phones and our phones are never, ever outside of, you know, an arm's length reach. And there's so many tracking things on these phones. I mean, you track everything, where somebody goes, what they're saying, where, what they're doing. 
I mean, it's, there's nothing, nothing going unnoticed. And if you can gather all that data, I mean, look, the phone figures out and tells you where your home is, you know, you want to go home? Sure. Here we go. Like I didn't tell you that's where I live, but you know, because I drive there every single day at the end of the day. Mm. (laughs) See, I try not to get too, I, I, this is stuff like, you could just go down the rabbit hole and just get so paranoid, right? Right. And, and I don't want to do that. I don't want to get people paranoid. I just want to bring a no, little bit of No, but it's important though. It's important. It's just like anything going on in the world, right? It's good to learn about what's going on. Take what you need and just kind of like, you know, process it the best for what's best for you. And mm-hmm. I really think that people need to be more aware of things, right? We, we do need to be aware. Do you want to get completely paranoid? Well, no, but you shouldn't, like, there's a lot of things that can happen that way too. Mm-hmm. I just think that, you know, the conversation needs to happen more that our data and our privacy is important. But then I ask myself, is it that important? Like, I don't know. I mean, what am I actually worried about? Right. There's part of me also there too. As far well, as you know, yeah, there's certain things you have to think about too. Like if somebody steals your identity or somebody goes in and claims your social security administrator account online, um, all these little things, you know, if you have kids, they should just, and their credit should just be frozen. There's no reason for them to, to have access to it. So that way, you know, okay, it's locked up, you know, when they're 18, we're not going to have any big disasters getting uncovered here. Cause that's another thing that happens is synthetic identity. So identity theft is the fastest growing crime right now in the country. And synthetic identity is child identity theft is the fastest of that segment. So it's crazy. And it happens very easily. So a, a, a criminal just basically gets a real social security number of a kid with a fake name and a fake date of birth. They apply for a credit card, comes back. You know, the credit bureau is like, we have no association with this name and social security number. So the bank says, no, sorry, you don't qualify. So then a couple of weeks later, they go and they do the same thing again with the same information. Goes off to the credit bureau and the credit bureau reports back to the bank saying, we don't have any credit history here, but we do see that a credit file was started, you know, few weeks ago or whenever. So, you know, the bank will say, we'll give you a small maximum, like a $300 a month maximum. Boom, off to the races. That social security number is now associated with this fake name and this fake date of birth. And that person can build on it for years and years and years, get a job, they can, and then just dump it one day. Then that poor kid, maybe he's 18, can apply for college. And that's when the mess gets unraveled. And that's unfortunate because that's sometimes if you're applying for a college loan and it looks like that your credit is just this big train wreck, you know, you may not get that loan. So that would be very unfortunate to prevent somebody from getting a loan to go to college. Do you see that happening a lot? Is that why you're specializing in that? Like, do you see that being the biggest factor right now? I do. And unfortunately, you know, a lot of this information is in a lot of the school systems, computer systems throughout this country. And unfortunately, a lot of the school systems computers are antiquated and they're little tiny towns and they're very easy targets for somebody to to get into. And in addition to that, all these data breaches, there's plenty of kids social security numbers that were in some of these data breaches. So Mm -hmm. that's, you know, that's an unfortunate thing too. So again, so you say, well, what are we going to do? Well, you know, one little thing would be to freeze the kids credit. So then you at least get one little thing off off of your plate you know, if you want to opt out of getting credit card offers, so that way you don't have to worry about someone stealing one out of the mailbox, that's another little thing you can do. So there are lots of little things that you can do because, like you said, if you look at it, it's too overwhelming. And you just say, well, there's nothing we can do here. And that's what I don't want people to think. I want them to realize that, okay, there are still things that we can do. And, you know, like, for example, right now, the credit bureaus are allowing everybody to run their credit for free every month between now and April of 2021. Normally. You can only run your credit free one time per credit bureau. 
So if you were, you know, you could kind of break it out throughout the year so you would never have to pay for a credit report. But now you can run it, you can go to annualreport.com and that you can get a report and see if there's any activity on there that's not yours and at least you'll be alerted to it. Yeah, wow. I'm wondering how different the rules are because I'm in Canada versus the States. I wonder if they're, if they're you know, somewhat similar or... Well, I have a couple of friends from LinkedIn in Canada. And correct me if I'm wrong, but you guys don't get your social security. You don't call them numbers. You call them insurance or... Yeah, social SS. insurance. Yeah. Yeah. So you don't get those until you're in high school, right? Yeah. Yeah. So ours here down here, kids are... Right when they're born, they're given a social security number when the parent applies for it. And the advantage to doing that is because it's a tax deduction. So that's why most parents, as soon as the baby's born, they go and they get a social security number. And re there really is no reason other than, you know, to get it for the tax deduction. So I, I think you guys have it much better. It's a lot more year, a lot more years where there's no risk that somebody can do anything. Yeah. I mean, it's, I remember getting it as a teenager, I guess when I first got my first job, that's kind of why you would get mm -hmm. it, you know? Mm -hmm. And I don't see why, because I think obviously having kids, you get tax benefits anyway. I don't see why they would need to have a security number to prove right. that they have a kid. Like it's weird. Yeah. It doesn't make sense, mm -hmm. especially right. if it's such a problem, right? It just seems crazy. Well, in 2011, they changed them to randomize numbers and that has their own problems as well because before that, you could really dissect the social security number down to figuring out exactly where that social security number was, somebody applied for it. And then the middle number, ours is three, three digits and two digits and four digits. So the first section is only based on where the person applied for that social security number. You can go online and Google exactly what those first three are and it'll tell you what years and what areas of the country those were issued in. So that's mm -hmm. no big secret. Then the second one was used way back in the day, the two digits for filing purposes. So they were a segment of that first three, three digits. So that was basically what filing cabinet is it in. And then the last four is the only randomized sequence that is in the whole entire social security number. And that's what we give away down here. Someone says, you know, what's your social security, last for your social security number. And that's what we tell them. So it's, uh, yeah, it's crazy. Wow. Have you, let's dive into your own personal story as far as like, have you experienced this firsthand where something was like, that's it. I'm never, I'm never going through this again. I need to like, figure something out or is it somebody that was close to you? Like, was there something that really triggered you to get into this space? No, I think it was just initially that, that incident with my brother. Then I started right. looking into it and became very intrigued by it and then wanted to learn more about it. And, you know, when I first started looking into it, there were, there were a few, you know, courses out there, but back then it was kind of like IT. Everybody would say, oh, you know, you have a cybersecurity issue. You, you call the IT, the IT guy. That's not really true because what we're talking about is how the regular non-technical people deal with this, not who's going to fix the computer and put the you know malware uh, on there, mm. antivirus on there. So, so I, yeah, I don't know. I basically, then I, when I started taking the courses, I, I, I liked it and uh, took a few more courses and this is kind of, you know, where we are. How long have you been doing it for? Oh, let's see about a little over two years, the identity uh, theft portion of it, two, three years. Have you seen a big change in two years, even about like patterns and, and yeah and I think that you know the whole cybersecurity protection industry is really 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 I don't know if I said this earlier but in its infancy and I think over the next three to five years unfortunately there's going to be a big explosion and need for you know more cybersecurity plans and um, identity theft protection 
because you know the best part about the identity theft protection, like our product, is that you get an alert when someone's using your the, your credit. So you know right away, ooh, what's happening? I'm not buying a car. You know, so you can deal with it as opposed to if you don't have any monitoring and you don't check your credit, you have no idea that somebody has your information and they're getting a credit card or they're buying a car or they're getting a loan or whatever, whatever it is they're doing. And usually people find out when they themselves go to get a car or get a loan or something like that. And the or you know, loan officer says, uh, you know, you got a lot of stuff on here that's and then what do you mean? I don't have any of that stuff. And that's unfortunately when people, you know, it gets undiscovered. I remember going to the States. I don't know how long ago it was, but when you guys didn't have, you didn't have to put your pin in when you paid your card. Is that, has that changed? Because I know that it was different. It was different here. And in Australia, it was one of these things that came a while ago. And then I used to have Americans come into like bars I worked at and they say, Oh, we don't have that there. Has that changed since? You're talking about at an ATM machine or, or like just paying? like paying at, at, at like um, anywhere like a checkout. Like you if it's a debit card, you have to put a pin in, meaning if the money's coming directly out of your um, checking account. But if it's a credit card, you yeah. don't have to. There's credit no pin. card. Oh, okay. Interesting. And there's yeah. never been the code thing for credit cards there. Wow. You, do you have that for credit cards? We, we do. Yeah. Oh. If it's over a certain amount. Um, it, it used to be if it was over a hundred bucks you have to put in a pin. Some places now let it go a little bit further, but some won't allow it. Yeah, it's, uh, it's one of those things. It's been around and that's why it, it, it's, uh, it's pretty interesting to hear you guys don't have that because- It's not the, th- are you talking about the three digit code on the back of the card? No, just like doing a pin number for paying credit. Oh, that's funny. No, Mm-mm. it's yeah, a good idea though. Well, yeah, it's just like, it's, it's one of those things that I remember it being different, even in Australia that they mm-hmm. had it, Canada had it. It's, um, yeah, I mean, going back to the days where you could just, you know, do the, the swipe and the, the imprint and the, and the signing. I mean, it was just so easy. Did, did a lot of people, like, has it actually gone up a lot or is it just being reported more now? Like, I mean, that must have happened a lot back in the day too. Yeah, I mean, there's always been identity theft. There's no question about that. You know, people dumpster diving, looking for, you know, information that way, someone bringing home paperwork and, you know, that kind of thing. So it's it's always been an issue. It's just a much greater issue because there's so much more information being transmitted, you know, over the internet and these data breaches, you know, the the millions and millions of millions and millions data breaches, and they can put all these little pieces together. So that's, that's Mm -hmm. where the, the added risk comes into play. Yeah, for sure. So if you could give your top three for anybody listening with a business or their, you know, you might've touched them already, but just so that we can maybe give somebody some solid takeaways as to like what they could do right now after this call to apply in their life to be safer with the identity, what would they be? Okay. Well, one quick one for a business is a communication plan with your employees because the worst, the worst thing anybody could imagine is you think maybe there's a breach or a hack going on right now and you got some kid in the back room who's on Twitter telling his thousands and thousands of followers, hey, guess what? I'm at work right now. We're getting hacked. That would be terrible. There actually happened at a bank here where one of the tellers, they thought a situation was happening in the bank where somebody was maybe getting into the system. 
And one of the tellers went on social media and said, I'm at work right now and I think we're being hacked into. Well, hundreds of people that had accounts at the bank, they wound up showing up and they wanted to take their money out. And it turned out there was not, there was not a breach. There was not anything. It was just a little weird activity that was going on. But you still had this bad reputational damage that was done because all these people thought that the, their money was going to be you know, just stolen out of the account. So that I would say, get a communication plan, make sure everybody just, you know, okay, hold on a minute here. Let's get our arms around this before we're going and telling everybody and anybody um, that uh, the passwords, definitely think the passwords are a big, big, big thing with everybody. And then, you know, I would just say either consider getting some kind of credit monitoring or at least getting in the habit of checking your credit, especially now that they have it for free for the next, uh, you know, till April 21. That's down here though. Yeah. Yeah. That's weird. It's, that they're getting that. It's just so crazy. All the money going out. <laughs> like what's going to, like where, what's going to happen? I mean, it's, it's crazy to think about. There's just so much money being given out. I mean, there's got to be a consequence for that down the road, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. oh, what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if in five years that there's some kind of requirement, like, you know, you have to have automobile insurance, you have to have a house insurance, that there be, you know, some kind of requirement that you have to have some kind of identity theft monitoring or credit monitoring going on that you, that you have to pay for. And it just becomes one of these things, you know, like your Netflix account, you just get used to paying it and it's, you know, no big deal, but you know, it's, it's being done because people have the best of intentions of saying, Oh, I I'm on top of everything. I check this and I check that. Or they think because one of their credit cards alerts them, if there's something going on that they have nothing else to fear and, that's not the right way to think. We have to be open and honest, realizing that we're all potential victims. You can't protect yourself 100%, even if you have credit monitoring. Just going to tell you that something's actually happening and you're going to know versus not knowing and you'll have insurance for it. Yeah. Is it, what about apps to, like, I know that what WhatsApp is a, is a good way to communicate with people or is it, I don't know. Like where's, where's things that, if you're talking about things you don't want everybody to know, you know, personal stuff or whatever, you know, what's the best app that you've heard that keeps things a little bit more private than let's say like Facebook messenger or something like that. I, I, to be honest, I really don't know. I'm not that savvy in the, in the app world, as far as knowing the level of specifics of what communications are sending or keeping or, you know, yeah. whatever they're doing. I, I really don't know. Mm. Yeah. I've, pen and paper and a stamp and send them a letter. So true. <laughs> so true. Yeah. I've been, I've, I use WhatsApp quite a bit. It says it's encrypted. So I feel like it's probably one of the better ones, mm-hmm. but I mean, a lot of people out there listening, you know, we're, we're all on these communication, these communication devices right here. It's like, there's so many apps. It's like, I would like to eliminate conversation on the ones that are going to like, you know, are less you know, the ones that are going to be less, um, like the privacy is stronger in there, right? I'm mm-hmm. trying to get the words. I'm like having like a. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. and then everything, like everybody's phone's syncing together. So here's a story that was funny, not so funny, but so, you know, this couple, they had their phones and they were synced together or whatever, had the same um, Apple account. And then they had their photos of their kids. You know, they would go up on the TV and they would kind of slide, you know, so all the photos on their phone, they would go through and they would slide their own. Lovely. It's like a living picture, right? Isn't this great? Except the husband started taking pictures of his girlfriend. And so there they are in the family room and they're looking at all these beautiful photos of their kids scrolling by. And then here comes Tootsie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that wasn't so cool. But 
anyway, because, you know, some of them aren't, they do sink. They do sink. We just had a situation where my husband was trying to, he's, he's a builder and he had, was trying to take some of these pictures and he had to get them off of his Google drive or something like that. So we hit the, the sink photo thing, right? Well, somehow, miraculously, our son, all of his pictures came onto our, um, our, my husband's computer probably because he had his Google account into his Xbox or something or whatever. I don't know, something like that. So he could get it in his PayPal account. But so you never know. You never know where your stuff's going to wind up because I'm sure he did not want his pictures winding up on his father's computer either. Oh, geez. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> My worst nightmare. I'm glad there was no phones when I was growing up. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> a, a written note in the, in the drawer was the worst thing that could happen. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Where can everybody find out more about this? And, you know, is there anything that you're working on right now that you suggest people going and checking out? Uh, well, right now I'm working on uh, doing virtual speaking for people, different groups, different audiences. So we curtail it to wh whoever it is. Like right now we have a bunch of uh, Medicare advisors that I'm putting together some little short videos for seniors or if it's something for kids or whatever. So that's what I'm kind of working on. So that's, that's the latest and the greatest, but um, you know, we have our identity protection products. You can, you can check those out. We have some new plans that are going to be up in about two weeks, but right now there's plans that's at identron.com. You can always find me on LinkedIn. I'm always there. So that's uh, probably the best place to, to find me. I highly recommend you guys check out Dana on LinkedIn. And if you can give any tips on maybe just a quick one about videos for people that are just like, I don't know what to do with videos. How do I do it? What you do? What would you say? Well, I think, you know, you have to have one basic little point and it doesn't really matter whatever your craft is. You know, if you, if you clean houses, if you're a builder, if you specialize in finance, you know, whatever it is, if you can give somebody one little tip, you know, whoever, whatever you specialize in, you know, everything, but people you're talking to, they don't know stuff. So if you just take one little thing and think about the most simple way of explaining it, because we know as soon as we get it too technical, people just start tuning out. So take that one little thing. And then, you know, some people can pull off humor, some people can't. So I don't, I don't try to advise everybody to try to do that. But, you know, just try to make sure that, that you get quick to the point. You know, you keep somebody's attention a little bit like that and, and talk a little faster than you normally would because nobody, especially on LinkedIn, they're going through the scroll. Nobody wants to sit and listen to somebody yeah. like this. So I would say that. And, you know, just, just give it a whirl. There's everybody, everybody is intimidated to post videos. Yeah. And then when you finally do... Your, your self-confidence slowly, slowly does build. It really, really does. And, and then you'll be kicking yourself saying, why didn't I start this earlier? Especially right now, LinkedIn is a hot platform and it's a great place. If you can start now, you're still kind of in the beginning of the curve and really launch uh, you know, your career and your brand. Yeah, that's one thing that I've been meaning to do is do more of the videos like you, Shay, a few other people do. Because I post a lot, like a lot of podcast stuff, but not enough about just videos. And I like hearing this because I know in the back of my mind, I need to do more videos. You'd and be I, great on video. Yeah. Well, no, I love doing videos. It's just been one of those things. It's like, I don't know what the, what the resistance is. I guess it's really breaking down what I want to talk about, you know? And like you said, it, it, it has to just be one little thing. And like, what would you recommend? What, what for lengthwise has been the sweet spot for you? I would say about a minute, minute and a half is a, is a good length. Uh, I think if you start going over two minutes, it's a little bit too long. Yeah. But I mean, look at you, you're like a podcast master. You could tell yeah. people, everybody wants to start a podcast and half the people have no clue how to do it, right? Yeah, so you true. just give them little tidbits on that. Well, and I own a production company too. So this is why, this is the things that 
I really, and, and having this conversation is giving me more awareness that, you know, we should probably be doing that, you know, and mm-hmm. it's, it's fun to give back because sometimes we underestimate what we know, but, you know, learn, do, teach, right? Mm-hmm. It's, you learn it better by teaching it too. Mm-hmm. There's probably stuff when you, when you're doing the video, you're like, oh yeah, okay. I feel, I actually know more about this now and you yep. feel more comfortable with it because you've actually taught it to somebody in a video. Right. Yes, you, I think and I've always lived my life like this. If you can explain something to somebody or if you can explain something to somebody, let's say seventh or eighth grade education, that means you really understand it. So that's not something against them. That means you really can understand. And if they're not getting it the first way, you can figure out another way to get, get your message across. And uh, so I think that's the, that's the biggest thing is just, just keeping it simple, simple, simple. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming on and hanging out with us. This was, this was great. There's a it was fun. Lot of, lot of good information in there that people can definitely check out and walk away with. And of course, check out your videos for uh, lots, of, lots of edutainment kind of thing, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody. If you haven't subscribed already, please hit that subscribe button on Apple. Episodes come out Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I appreciate you guys. If you got value, share it with a friend. Let us know what you think. Go check out Dana on LinkedIn. If you get this, you get you see the videos, the video highlights creeping around out there. Share them on LinkedIn. Let's let's build the awareness of how important this protection with our identity really is. All right. Much love, everybody. Catch you next time.